Hi, this is Natalie Hoffman of FlyingFreeNow.com, and you're listening to the Flying Free Podcast, a support resource for women of faith looking for hope and healing from hidden emotional and spiritual abuse. Hey, welcome to episode 44 of the Flying Free Podcast. And today I have a guest with me. Her name is Rachel Harden. (laughs) (laughs) And we're laughing because this is actually Rachel Witten, but she is no longer Rachel Witten. Her name is now Rachel Harden. So tell us why your name is Rachel Harden all of a sudden. Well, I got married two weeks ago. So it was a wonderful day. We had a lovely honeymoon um, and we're getting settled into life as it actually should be when you get married. Happiness and peace and support for each other. And I can tell you, it is amazing. Not to say it's not hard, but it is amazing. I love it. I'm so grateful. What is the most... um, just crazy awesome thing about it compared to what you experienced in your prior marriage? So one of the things I've been recognizing about my relationship with my husband now is that he's just there with me. And I've talked about this before, I think on this podcast, but it is such an amazing thing. And it is so different because in my previous marriage, I was alone. I was abandoned every single day. I never shared about my day. I couldn't because there was going to be criticism or blame or some um, sneering remark or some sort of scorn. And so I just sort of shut down. And when I did go to to him for support, it it just didn't exist. Um, But what what I'm finding now is I can actually feel my feelings, which is key for being human. So what I've done most of my life is just numb out, like distract myself, try not to feel my feelings, tell myself that feelings don't matter. That's what my ex-husband used to say all the time. Feelings don't matter. Um, but now I can actually work through them. Like there was some hard stuff at my work this week. I shed a few tears and then the next day I was okay because I actually allowed myself to grieve whatever was going on. And then I, I have the perspective, you know, the benefit of perspective after that. And it's okay. Um, so I just, it's a true partnership. And I just am so thankful. And it's like, I can't even begin to describe how it, it just makes for such an amazing quality of life when mm-hmm. you have someone with you moment by moment. Um, and you know, you can always depend on them no matter what. So I am just over the moon. Um, And this is, that's true romance. That is true romance. When someone, it's not just like you're swept up in, um, you know, the romance of feelings. It's just being together um, is what romance is. Yes. So I am so thankful. (laughs) Oh, I am so happy for you. That is right. That is exactly the way it's supposed to be. That is how God designed relationships and especially marriage to be. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's intimacy. It's, yeah. it's valuing what the other partner values and, and being with them, whatever's going on, even if, um, you know, they made a mistake or it could have done something better, just yeah. being with them no matter what. So, well, um, I, yeah, so I'm so, I'm so happy 
that you have this experience, you and myself, I've experienced this. And there's many other women that we know that are friends of ours and, uh, and that are also, um, moving into new relationships or are already yeah. remarried. We just spent yeah. a weekend uh, a couple few weeks ago. That, that was our last podcast. And there were several women in there that were remarried or getting married. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, it's, it blows me away when I, on Twitter this week, I was having, I posted this thing about that John Piper had said about how, you know, wives who are being abused just need to live with it for a season and then get help from their church. Um, and I just had made the comment that, yeah, I did that. I lived with it for a season of 25 years. Yeah. And then I got help from the church and then they excommunicated me. So yeah, that really worked mm-hmm. well. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 But, but my, but you know, God, on the other hand, unlike John Piper, God in the old Testament, he had this law that said that if a, a man was to put away his wife, he had to give her a certificate of divorce. And that certificate was her ticket into a better, uh, into a relationship. Well, hopefully it was better into a relationship with another man. She could get remarried then and, and be taken care of. And it was for her benefit. Yes, exactly. So I just, I love seeing God's provision for his daughters in this respect of being remarried. Okay. So what we're going to do today though, is talk about, the holidays. The holidays are upon us and holidays for women who are living in destructive relationships are, can be really, really difficult. A lot of times the drama that surrounds, (laughs) surrounds a family in which there is a dysfunctional person creating that drama can be really traumatizing, especially like on birthdays or holidays or other special, you know, special events. And, but on the other hand, or in addition to that, I should say, if a woman does decide to get separated, then that poses a whole new set of agony and pain because all of the traditions get thrown out the window. The family is fractured. Um, and then if, if she's divorced, same thing, you know, you and I are divorced, we have children and, but we share custody of our children. So now holidays are, we don't even get to see our kids on some of the holidays. Mm -hmm. And so it, there are just, um, I don't know, the last several years, uh, have been extremely painful for me. Although the last year and this year has been much, much better, but, um, and we were talking before this, uh, before we got on the air here and you were talking about how it's been difficult for you as well. So I thought maybe we'd talk about our experience of holidays before we were separated and divorced, our experience now, and kind of how we made that transition and how we're making the best of a situation that is probably not ideal. So why don't you start? Tell me what what did you, what were some of your traditions or beautiful things that you did during holidays and maybe how did your husband sort of sabotage things? And well, we, I don't know. I think just from my own childhood, the holidays are a little bit hard, um, for me anyway, because there's, you know, it all comes down to expectations. Um, the culture puts, uh, uh, puts on us a lot of, um, 
oh, just sort of dreamy ideas about things and the way things should be. And we all know life's not really like that all the time. In fact, hardly ever. But um, so my and my ex-husband and I's relationship, we were very much enmeshed with his family. He and his mom, um, his, his mom basically was um, very much involved in our lives. And so we always went over to his parents' house, always. And there was always lots of presents. Um, and it was what I knew. Um, I, I went over, that was like our tradition for 14 years, basically. And it was everything that our son knew as well. Cause we would open up presents at our house and then almost immediately leave to go to his parents' house. Um, so it was different the first year. Um, it was really sad because, you know, my family is, is spread out everywhere and, and there's difficulties there as well. Um, different kinds of difficulties, but um, and we don't, we're not really big gift givers. And that's always been a struggle for me as well as like not, you know, wanting to, to do the right thing with gifts, but also not wanting to go overboard, but also not wanting to do too little. And that's a lot, that creates a lot of anxiety in me as well. Cause yeah. I feel like whatever I do is never enough. Um, and that's like sort of a the thing I struggle with in my regular life too. But, and it's funny while I'm talking about that because I had the same feeling come up when I was organizing my wedding, I felt like what I was doing was not enough. Like the reception, people were going to be annoyed because the reception food wasn't enough or, you know, the decorations weren't nice enough or something like that was totally false. And it's actually false about Christmas every year, except that I still struggle with that feeling of anxiety every year as well. Um, so we would always um, go over there and, and it was fine. Um, again, tons of gifts. Their family is really big into stuff. And I was always trying to gear us more towards experiences, but I could never, like, it was just always, they're just really focused on stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, the first year that, uh, we, so we were separated. I ended up um, booking, I was able to book a flight for my son and I to go out to Seattle to visit my sister and her family. And that was really, really good. And so, um, I just, I'm, I'm really grateful because that would have been very lonely, um, at home. And I ended up, we, he and I ended up leaving on Christmas morning because we weren't, he, I couldn't take him before cause he had to be with my husband, my ex-husband's family on Christmas Eve. And that's such a struggle too, um, as you sort of reference, is the custody issue. Because I would love to have taken him, you know, much longer, but you have to work within those parameters. And this year, um, we probably won't be able to do that because my ex-husband has him on Christmas morning. So I don't know what we're going to do, but it is a little different too because he just got remarried as well. But um, so that was really good. And we were actually we're able to do that two years in a row where we left on Christmas um, morning. And actually this past Christmas was the first time that um, him and my now husband were together for any length of time because um, my husband drove us to the airport. That was really tough. My son did not want to be in the same car as him. And he was having all these issues. And I kept being very insistent that no, this is how we were getting to the airport. Um, it was going to be fine. And actually what ended up happening was it went great. 
Um, and that was the start of them, of me being able to integrate the two of them together and, and the start of, you know, just them spending time together. Whereas before it had been completely separate. I had always kept them completely separate, but, and now, you know, 11 months later, we're married, we're married. So it's amazing what can happen. Um, yes. when, and I, and I'm so grateful because Natalie, you encouraged me to just push forward. And I'm always so afraid of rejection, especially from my son. And that's, you know, understandable, but that can't, you can't just live in fear. And so, so I did it in a respectful way of my son's feelings, but I, I was also firm that no, this was the plan and, and um, he was going to drive us to the airport. And I'm so grateful I did because it started good things. That's awesome. Yeah. I think I've found that kids, they, you know, they struggle. You don't always know how deeply they struggle. They do, yeah. but they also, they are, you know, they are resilient and they do bounce back. And they, and if there, if there is warmth and love and support and empathy for what they're going through, they can, I think all of us can go through just about anything if we've got relationship. You know? Yes, exactly. And that's where it's like, you know, we should never just assume that our kids will be fine and they're resilient. And that means we don't have to do anything. We don't have to support them because that's not true. Right. We, it has to be done in relationship yeah. um, and with understanding. And you're exactly right. If you've got the support you need in your life, you can weather anything. Yeah. We're in this together. I've seen, yeah. I've seen moms who have really, really tight relationships with their kids and they do. They just kind of band together. I think Lenny Bancroft talks about that too in his book, um, When Dad Hurts Mom. He talks about how, you know, you can really have a team, like, you know, make it like a team. Like we are going to get through this together. We're going to, we're going to um, make some brand new, really neat memories together. And, and with that attitude, I think it really helps kids to, to um, just to have more hope and more more healing, I think, rather than just thinking, oh, the whole world's falling apart. It's never going to be the same again. So, I mean, that, although now, so let me say that with a caveat, there is grief work to do in the holidays, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're grieving, especially kids, they're grieving. Well, every, all of us, we're all right. Inside, right. Yeah. You no. Know, so my situation was that, um, I, my family, Christmas was a big deal in my family. And we visited all, we made the rounds to all my grandparents' homes and my great grandma's home. And we had definitely had set traditions every mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. And nobody ever died and everyone was fine. And, um, and then I got married and my mom hosted Christmas Day every single year for all of the, our entire our entire marriage, my entire marriage, mm. with my former husband mm -hmm. and with my sisters and their husbands and all of their kids and the cousins all played together. And it was all, it wasn't all peachy. There was a lot of undercurrent of, um, craziness going on for and, sure. Yeah. Um, just family dynamics, but still for my kids, you know, there was that magic and we had Christmas Eve traditions that we did every single year and Christmas day traditions. So when I separated from my husband the first year that we were separated, all of that, it was gloomy. I don't really even remember much about that Christmas other than I cried all the time. 
I was crying yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like the whole month of December. So I went through these motions of decorating and playing Christmas music, but I felt just totally numb. Yeah. And um, I was still hoping that my husband and I could get together, but I wasn't seeing any effort on his part. And I was just grieving. I was starting to realize this man doesn't care at all. Like he just does not care. Yeah. And it was devast. It was absolutely devastating to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the following Christmas, it was pretty much this. And well, not only that, but also my church was, had just completely abandoned me. So yeah. um, the following Christmas was not that much better. I was still just separated. I hadn't decided to file for divorce yet. Um, it was maybe, you know, on a scale of one to 10, the first Christmas was a one. This was maybe a two. <laughs> and yeah. And then the and then the following year I filed for divorce. And then that Christmas, by the following Christmas, I had actually started building a friendship with Tom. I was in the middle of a divorce, and Tom, my current husband and I, were um had become good friends. We met several months after I filed for divorce and started building a friendship. And I Tom and I grew up together. We didn't really know each other that much. Um I I don't think I've ever told my, well, I don't know how much of the story I've told here, but anyway, um, we, so Tom and I, so my kids actually, uh, let's see, they didn't know Tom yet. Cause I hadn't introduced them to Tom, but, um, but I was happier, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, because I was happier and I felt more supported and I felt like somebody cared I actually, you know, I was actually to be, I was actually able to be a better parent because I wasn't so drowning in, in my beer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you were, um, there was a little bit of light there. Uh, Yeah, there's light at the end of the Mm hope. So, um, so I, I was able to make Christmas happier and I was happier. And then the following Christmas, by that time I was already divorced and Tom and I were remarried. So, or not re, <laughs> you got married. Time. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the happiest Christmas. Although my kids spent Christmas, uh, Christmas day with their dad and they spent Christmas Eve with us. But then on Christmas day, Tom and I celebrated with his parents and it was just really special. So, you know, it all over the years, it's just gotten different and better. And we no longer, my dad also died. Uh, Unfortunately, he died a year and a half ago. So last Christmas was the first Christmas without him. And, um, and my mom is no, my mom is no longer hosting Christmas at her, at her home. And in fact, my family of origin has completely splintered now. So I, mm-hmm. I'm not in contact with anybody in my family of origin anymore through a series of very, really sad uh, and disappointing and sort of not surprising circumstances. So, so Christmas is very different. Like my entire yeah. Christmas, all those traditions they are completely out the window and we have ushered in brand new traditions that, and now they kind of feel like there are traditions. It's amazing how <laughs> you, know, you, you, you get two years under your belt and you've got a tradition. That's amazing. Yeah. It, it builds up so quickly, which is wonderful news. It is. And the little kids don't remember anything of the old. Yeah, they don't that's remember true. Any of it. They only mm-hmm. remember what we do now. 
The older kids remember the other stuff, but some of them didn't really like some of the other stuff anyway. So mm-hmm. they were kind of glad to, to actually not have to do some of those other things. Um, so it's actually worked out, but, but I guess what I, I guess what I am hoping that we can communicate through this podcast episode is that if you are struggling and you're grieving that, that you, you can, and you should, you know, I think, yes, I think you should cry. all season. please, please do that. Yes. And it's okay. Yes. It's and, good. And, and ugly cry. And because here's the thing, your tears are actually very healing and they help mm. you process through the pain. And that's part of grieving. If you, for all of you who have lost a loved one, the first Christmas after you lose a loved one is horrible. Mm-hmm. And all you can think about is the empty spot where that person sat. This mm-hmm. is, this is no different. Mm-hmm. This is no different. You, uh, you've lost you have lost a person. If you're separated or you're divorced, you've lost a person. You've, you may have lost a family. You may have lost friends. You may have lost a church. Um, or maybe you're in a position where you're, you're still married. You're still living with your husband, but you're thinking about leaving and you're anticipating how horrible it's going to be during the holidays. Yeah. Or Which can maybe, be just as bad. I mean, the anticipation, the exactly. dread is exactly bad. like what's next Christmas going to look like, or maybe you're still with your um, partner and you're not thinking of leaving, but you're just enduring another season of dysfunction and the whole family's going to, maybe it's not just your partner. That's a problem, but maybe you've got a dysfunctional father-in-law or a dysfunctional mm-hmm. mother or a crazy uncle or sibling that, you know, is just really covert abusive to everyone at the, or controlling and, you know, whatever, complaining and critical and mm-hmm. whining mm-hmm. about everything. So if that's the case, then holidays are not fun. And that's probably another conversation for another time, like just setting boundaries. Cause a lot of people mm-hmm. wonder, well, is it okay if I just don't get together with these people? I mean, they're my blood <laughs> relatives and I feel like I should, and it's actually okay not to, but you know, mm-hmm. that's not really the subject for today, but it, it, maybe that's something we should talk about. How do you set boundaries with it during the holidays? Just oh, that's a, that would be really helpful. You know, one other thing though, that you have to grieve um, is your dreams. And I talk a lot yeah. about how I lived on dreams. I lived on hope for the future. Yes. And that was such a big part of, of just letting go of that marriage was that I, I, I had to realize it is never going to be like that. He is never going to be the person that I thought he was or could be. And we are never going to be the happy family that I dreamed of being and worked towards being every day. Um, so the dreams are, are really big and that's just super painful because reality is so harsh, especially if you've been living in a numbed out state where you're just sort of going through the motions and trying to keep the pain at bay, like just let it in, just feel it. Yeah. Um, and, and if you can't do it all the time, just for a little bit, you know, and, 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 you know, whatever can keep, you know, you need to keep yourself safe and healthy um, as much as possible. And what, so don't like, let yourself just, you know, go completely, um, like feel like you've got to be aware and present all the time, but just start little bit by little bit, like stick a toe in, like my therapist said. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that. 
So um, before we go, though, let's just throw out some, I'd like to throw out some ideas of things that we've done while we've been in this transition phase of going from one kind of one family and one marriage to the family and the marriage looking completely different. Um, I, so I'll share, maybe I'll share one and you can share one and you want to just kind of go back and forth like that. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Um, so let's see. Well, actually, this is a brand new idea that I want to do. I just heard, I, I just got this idea from my hairdresser. She said that one of the traditions, and I'm going to do this. She said one of the traditions that they do with their kids is they go to a caribou or Starbucks and get hot chocolate, like special, their special hot chocolate for their kids. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And then they, that, and then they go look at Christmas lights. Oh, that's and awesome. They, they bring some snacks, you know, caramel popcorn or whatever in the car and they drink hot chocolate and eat snacks and look at Christmas lights. And I guess you can look in the paper and find, you know, neighborhoods that have, I don't know, I've never done it, but we're going to try that this year. And that's, that's going to be idea. a tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and in our, it, related to that, in our town, we used to, in Minneapolis, they used to have this, um, the Dayton's building used to have a, a, an amazing Christmas display every year. And we used to, so when I was married to my former husband, we would always take our kids to that and walk through it. And then there's this Holly Dazzle parade we would watch with all these lights. And that was a tradition that we no longer have, we no longer have it, but we also no longer do it. But it's something that I had to let go of. So we let go of that tradition, but instead we're going to try this hot chocolate looking at Christmas lights thing. I love that. I actually wrote that down. I want to, I want to implement that for this year, a new tradition. So one of the things that, as I mentioned, was that I was able to take my son out to see my sister um, two years in a row. And that was really healing and special because it, it replaced the void of what we had done with something exciting and new because we'd never been able to travel on Christmas. And so I, I think that the principle there is don't be afraid to start like to, to spend it with new people. And it, it's maybe a little um, difficult to make arrangements or whatever, but filling the void when you can with other people who are healthy is really obvious, but it's really healing and people being surrounded by people that you love, even if it's not your family, maybe if it's your friends um, and asking, you know, to join them or even inviting them for Christmas dinner or whatever it is, just being with people who are truly um, there and truly love you, I think is really, really important if possible. I hope that's not naive advice because I know that's not a lot uh, possible for a lot of women and they probably already know that, but that was really helpful for me. Yes. Well, and related to that is just, I know one thing that we've been able to do now that we're not getting together with my family is that we've been able to have um, people over that don't have a family to go to. Yeah. So, so, so maybe not going away, but just having other people in and hosting that's that's different. Um, Mm -hmm. One of our traditions used to be with my family of origin it, and we'd get all of the kids together and we'd do a cookie bake every year oh, and fun. we would decorate um, sugar cookies. So we don't do that anymore, obviously, because I'm no longer in contact with them. But what we've done the past few years since I've been separated, it's been, I think this will be our fifth year now, is I get these 
gingerbread house, they're already built. So you don't have to build them. You just decorate them, which the kids love that anyways. They just love to decorate. But they have pre-built ones at Costco that are only, I think they're only $10. And so we buy a bunch of those for each kit. I've got lots of kids. And (laughs) and we just, we play Christmas music and we decorate gingerbread houses. That's so fun. Yeah. I'm so, writing that down too. I want to do yeah, that as well. You can, you can, so you can also get those at um, Target. You can get um, cool ones at Target. And then, and if you want to build your own, you can, it's just messier. You could probably only do that with um, older kids. I mm-hmm. we used to do that with my family of origin and my mom kind of hosted the whole thing, but, or she, she didn't host, but she would bring all the stuff. And it was kind of a pain in the neck with the little kids because they just didn't know how to make the walls stick together and they would get frustrated and um, the older kids had fun. But this way, everyone, it's super easy. It's really easy cleanup and they really have a lot of fun. So So do the kids come with the the candy or do you have to buy that separate? No, the kids come with everything. The frosting, the candy, the... um, yeah, they come with everything. You don't need to buy anything. The Costco ones are the cheapest and also the most detailed and nicest by far okay. and biggest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hands down, Costco has got the best option. Um, another thing that we've always done is we decorate. We have, we've always decorated for Christmas the day after Thanksgiving and we'll play Christmas carols and just decorate the house. But like, for example, this year... Um, I'm going, I'm going away. My husband has, or my ex-husband, uh, their dad has the kids the day after Thanksgiving. So, you know what we're doing? We're going to decorate on Thanksgiving. Cause why not? Oh yeah. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. I'm getting a Thanksgiving meal from, um, hy V. I'm not even going to cook Thanksgiving dinner. I'm getting everything from hy V. We're going to, I'm going to go pick it up. We're going to, we're going to heat it up. We're going to eat it and we're going to spend the day decorating. And we're also going to do our um, gingerbread cookie houses that day. So it's going to be a really fun day. And I don't care if it's not what we've done in the past. We're going to have an amazing Thanksgiving day. That sounds wonderful. (laughs) That sounds wonderful. You're giving me all sorts of ideas because I mean, to be honest, this is still something that I'm working through. And and obviously this is the first going to be the first Christmas that we're, um, I'm remarried and everything. So, um, I'm, this is really good ideas. Makes me excited. Well, here's another idea for you too, then. If, does your son have friends that he likes to hang out with? Do you, and do you know them very well or? Mm, I do some of them. Yeah. I, you know, he's in high school now. So I think there's some that he is good friends with that he just sees at school. Right. I, I'm not really familiar with, but there's others that he's been, um, he's known since kindergarten. So. Well, and he's a guy. He probably wouldn't like this. Some of my girls, so I've got a lot of girls and well, I also have a lot of boys, I guess, but you've um, got a lot of kids in general. (laughs) (laughs) I do. My younger girls, they, when my kids were little, we did a care, we would do a caroling party and just have the neighborhood kids. But, um, I've debated about doing another caroling party too. And that's really easy to do. Also, you just have but I don't know if your son would be into that. But. So, okay. So here's one of the things, um, just an aside. It, one of my favorite things in the world is worship music. I listen to it all the time. My ex-husband hated worship music. And unfortunately, he has tainted my son on a lot of music and singing in general. Oh. So that's something we work through. But, um, you know, I don't, it probably wouldn't be the best, right. um, most successful thing I've ever tried. <laughs> no. 
No. <laughs> and you, yeah, yeah, no, I have, well, I have a son in high school. Well, he's a senior in high school, but he, he would rather slit his throat than do a yeah. Christmas caroling party. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure your girls love it. And that's what's wonderful about having a lot of kids. Love it. Yeah, yeah. And they've got lots of friends. So I can see, um, I've thought about just having them all over for, uh, you know, some, for like pizza and then go Christmas caroling and then come back and have hot chocolate. And, that's a, a lovely yeah. idea. So anyway, do you have any other tr- things that you've had to change that have been, mm, you know, one of the things that is really, I know this is sort of funny. My husband, ex-husband always had to have a real tree, which I know people have different opinions on this. There's no right or wrong, but I, <laughs> And strong opinions too. Yes, they really do. Um, I grew up with a fake tree and so I'm okay with it. And so now it is so easy just to go down to the basement and get the tree. (laughs) Isn't it wonderful? So much easier. Yes. Yes. And no, it doesn't have the beautiful smell. Um, But I just, I'm, that's what's sort of nice about having, I don't know, not having that presence there that's overtaking everything um, like narcissists do. They, you just get to personalize it and, and make decisions that are going to work for you and how you are right now, instead of trying to, um, jam something in that doesn't feel right. But not to say that having a a real Christmas tree is, is wrong or anything. And I, I sometimes enjoyed going to pick it out, but there, it's just so silly. So his family always had furs and I like pines. So like they would always criticize how I would like get the pines and they would, it was just so stupid. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I have, I have a Christmas tree, a real Christmas tree story and then we'll close. Okay. But we, so we, when I was married to my former husband, he loved real Christmas trees as well. But, um, so we did that at first, but you know how we got out of it was one year we got a real tree and we went away. It was a very weird season weather wise. And we didn't Uh, know this at the time, but we went away to, um, visit grandparents. And then we came back. So we were gone for, I don't know, maybe three or four days. We came back and there had been, our, our tree had been infested with spider eggs. <gasps> oh my gosh. So there was a, so they all hatched while we were gone. Oh no. And oh so there were millions. I mean, I swear there were millions of spiders. Most of them were dead uh, underneath the tree when we got home. But of course, some of them had, some of them were older than others and bigger than others. And they were all over our house. Yeah. That, that was the last year we got a real tree. I am, I am absolutely horrified. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess that year it was a thing. It was a okay. thing. A lot of people had the same problem that year. Um, yeah, from this weird. one particular farm. But anyway, oh so that's my Christmas tree story. Um, <laughs> I think we're gonna we're gonna close now. But yeah. thank you for thank you for joining me for this episode. I'm so glad to have you back. Thank you. This episode of the Flying Free Podcast is sponsored by the private Flying Free Education and Support Community, which offers courses, workshops, live coaching, and more for women of faith seeking hope and healing from emotionally and spiritually abusive relationships and communities. Find out more at joinflyingfree.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, fly free.